if you're here for the first time, this is what we do. We read the word. That's what we do. We spend time in the reading of scripture. And what we endeavor to do is read through the entire Bible. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to read through the entire Bible 15 minutes at a time, 15 to 20 minutes at a time. And we're going to spend some time, just a short moment of time, reflecting on the scripture, reflecting on what we've read. This is not a Bible study. We have Bible study for patrons, for patrons, but this is a meditation, a prayerful reading, asking God to speak to us as we read his word. And so today I want you to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question I want you to ask. The second question that I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? What are you revealing concerning people? And the third question I want you to ask as you posture yourself to hear from God is ask God, what are you revealing concerning me? And so that's going to be what we endeavor to do today. Father, I ask as we uh, spend time in your word, Father, bless us, Lord. Lord, give us grace so that we can hear from you today. Father, I pray that this word would be a blessing to us. We don't know what's going to happen from here on out, but Father, we know that Lord, you'll meet us right where we are. And Lord, that you would speak to us. And so guide us, lead us in not only the truth of your word, but in the revelation of your will. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 45. Let's do it. It says this in verse one. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of iron and cut the bars, sorry, the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, will call you by your name am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect. I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Hmm. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides, besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me. And they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Rain down you heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open. Let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay Say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or shall your handiwork say he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what are you begetting? Or to the woman, what have you brought forth? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. You command me. I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretch out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. I have raised them up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and let my exiles go free. 
not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord, the labor of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over you and shall be yours. They shall walk behind you. They shall come over in chains and they shall bow down to you. They will make supplication to you saying, surely God is in you and there is no other. There is no other God. Truly you are God who hide yourself. O God of Israel, the savior, they shall be ashamed and also disgraced all of them. They shall go in confusion together who are makers of idols, but Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together. You who have escaped from the nations, they have no knowledge, who carry the wood of the carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together who has declared this from ancient time, who has told it from that time. Have not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a savior. There is none besides me. Look at me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Hmm. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. They shall say, surely in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength to him. Men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him in the Lord. All the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. Huh. Isaiah 46, Bel bows down, Nebo stoops. The idols were on the beasts and on the cattle. Your carriages were heavy loaded, a burden to the weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but they themselves gone into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have upheld by me from birth, who have carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. And even the gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and will make and will bear, sorry. Even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? They lavish gold out of the bags and weigh silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith and he makes it a God. They prostrate themselves. Yes, they worship. They bear it on the shoulder. They carry it and set it in its place and in it stands. From its place, it shall not move. Though one cries out to it, yet it cannot answer. 
nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this and show yourselves men. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country, indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, who are far from uprightness. I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Isaiah 47. Come down and sit in the dust. O virgin daughter of Babylon, sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Remove your veil, take off your skirt, uncover the thigh, pass through the rivers, your nakedness shall be uncovered. Yes, your shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance. I will not arbitrate with a man. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. <laughs> Sit in silence and go into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no longer be called the Lady of Kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I have profaned my inheritance and given them to your land, into your hand, sorry. <clears throat> you showed them no mercy. On the elderly, you laid your yoke very heavily. And you said, I shall be a lady forever. So you did not take the things to heart, nor remember the latter end of them. Therefore, hear this now, you who are given to pleasures, who dwell securely, who say in your heart, I am he and there is no one besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to you in a moment in one day the loss of children and the widowhood. They shall come upon you in their fullness because of the multitude of your sorcery, for the great abundance of your enchantments. For you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you. And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is none else besides me. Hmm. Therefore, evil shall come upon you you shall not know from where it arises and trouble shall fall upon you. You shall not be able to put it off and desolation shall come upon you suddenly, which you shall not know. Stand now with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries in which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you will prevail. You are wearied in a multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Thus 
they be to you with whom you have labored. The merchants from your youth, they shall wander each other to his quarters. No one shall save you. No one shall save you. I'm going to stop right here just to leave you with a short thought this morning. As I am reading um, the scripture, and I like the question that this one person asks is, can you have faith in something and be wrong? And the answer to it is explicitly given to us here. Can you have faith in something and be wrong? And the answer is yes, you can have faith in something and be wrong. As a matter of fact, the text tells us what, where the error of those who have faith is in the thing that they have the error in. Yes, you can be wrong. And what I'm compelled by today is the question, and I'm glad that you asked it, because as I've been reading this text, it's the question of what is it that we have faith in? Mike, it is so jam-packed. There's so much in this. Any type of discourse on this, to say that it is exhaustive, would be an offense to the depth, the breadth, the width of this text. Isaiah just, Isaiah is, is, a, is a whole, it's a whole masterclass that you have to break down. And I love Isaiah because what Isaiah does is Isaiah ties history, Isaiah ties the spiritual realm, Isaiah ties the element of justice and what is to come, Isaiah ties eschatology, Isaiah ties soteriology, Isaiah ties um, the work, the salvific work of Christ, Isaiah ties all of it, bringing point, a pointing and a foreshadow of Christ. There's so much that we would have to unpack from Isaiah that we're just not afforded that. But I do want to leave you with one thought, and this is why we're here. The one thought I want to leave you with as I'm reading this is that question that my brother asked earlier is, can you have faith in something and be wrong? And the answer is yes. You can have faith in something and be wrong. You can absolutely be wrong by the things that you may have faith in. So the question then is, is then how do we know if what we have faith in is the right thing or the wrong thing? It's a good question. It's an appropriate question. And I feel that this is being led by the Spirit because even this person here who has who's wrestling with be a doubt or questioning, you know, what is all of this anyway? What does any of this mean? Um, there's a safe place for that because what faith is is not a set of beliefs. It's a set of actions. I want to say that one more time. Faith is not just what you believe. Because if you believe something and have full evidence of it, it's not faith. Can I say that one more time? If you believe something that's right in front of you, that you have full evidence of, you believe in it because you've been able to construct uh, a set of axioms and theories and thoughts, and you come to a conclusion and believe in that based off of the evidence 
then that's not faith. Because the Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is not based off of what you believe or based off of what you know. Faith is based off of a way of life, a way of doing, an activity. If it's inactive, it's not faith. And yet it rests in something that you do not have evidence in. And here's the reality. We do that every day. Every one of us, we act in faith. There's There are things in life that are not guaranteed. We woke up this morning with things that weren't guaranteed. And yet we lived with the assurance and the guarantee of things that weren't guaranteed. That's faith. Faith is a way of living. It's a way of being. It's a way of doing. And too many people are waiting for evidence to have faith. No, faith is a conviction. That's why it says, and I like that you mentioned um, um, Hebrews chapter 11, because this is so critically important for people to understand because too many people are waiting for evidence, for proof to have faith. And yet faith isn't based off of that. The word faith is literally the what, what you lean on, what you lean on. It's what you, what you rest on, what you stand on. That is what faith is. So I'm not going to sit around and let people tell me what they believe in. I want to know what you have faith on. Yes, faith is what you stand on, not what you believe in. You can believe a lot of things. You can say, I believe in this. I believe in that. How you live is going to tell me what you have faith on what you rest on, what you lean on. So going back to the question that my brother asked, and I think it's a critically important question to ask, is can you have faith in something and be wrong? Yeah, you can have faith in something and be wrong. You can have faith in a lot of things and be wrong. You can have faith in people. You can have faith in things. You can have faith in 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 your politics, you can have faith in your ideology. You can have faith in even what you believe was sufficient evidence for whatever it is that you had faith in and be wrong. Because the moment that you stepped on it and leaned on it, the moment that you rested on it, the moment that you trusted in it, the moment that you put your weight on it, which is literally what faith means is to put your weight on it. The moment that you put your weight on it, you realize it couldn't hold up. And so many of us, we know what it looks like to have faith in something and for it not to hold up. And here's the interesting thing about it, family, is that there are a lot of us, we did not have faith in Jesus. We had faith in people who we thought represented Jesus. We didn't have faith in Jesus. We had faith in a system. We didn't have faith in Jesus. What we had was faith in a religion. We didn't have faith in Jesus. We had faith in a construct. We didn't have faith in Jesus, Christ alone, our hope and glory. No, we didn't have faith in Jesus. What we had faith was, is we had faith in a pastor or a preacher or a theologian or a thinker. We didn't have faith in any of that. We, we, we didn't have faith in Christ. We had faith in everything else that we thought represented Christ. And if, if there's faith in anything else that re- represented Christ, those things were constructed. And because they were constructed, they don't hold up. And because they were constructed, we call that idolatry. Anything that you have faith in that doesn't represent the one and true God is idolatry. 
Did you know that church can be idolatry? Like, like your faith in church can be idolatry. There are people who worship church more than they worship Jesus. There are people who worship their pastors more than they worship Jesus. There are people who worship um, the worship more than they worship Jesus. You worship the music. You get in your fields. You do all of that. But at the end of the day, you don't really know Jesus and you don't serve under his lordship and authority. You don't have a relationship with him. What you have is a relationship with people and you think that the relationship with people coincides and aligns with your relationship with Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm ranting. Y'all know what I do and this is what I do, but I feel like it's so critically important because there's a lot of people even now who are wrestling with this thing because you feel some type of way about even people who read the Bible because at the end of the day, it's not about what your personal encounter was with God. It was about a personal encounter with somebody who you thought was him, who represented him. It was an idolatry. You trusted in that person. You leaned on that person. That person let you down. And because that person let you down, because they were limited in their thinking, they were limited in their ideology, they were limited in whatever it is that you had trust in, you you trusted in their depth. You trusted in, in their wisdom. And then you realize, hold on, this person is broken. This person is a sinner. This person isn't God. This person isn't Christ. And now, because... Because of that person, you've been broken from even your perspective of God because you never had a perspective of God that wasn't tethered to a person, to a thing, to a a, a, a church, to a religion, to a denomination. You tethered it to that. And so when you saw the brokenness in it, all of a sudden, your conclusion and all that is there is no God. Who is God really? This can't be. This is all fake. These are all lies. This is all messed up. But the reality is is that you didn't really have faith in Jesus. You had faith in constructs. You had faith in temples. You had faith in pulpits. You had faith in people. And people will let you down. Humans will be humans. <laughs> people will be people. <laughs> and how often is it that for many of us, we're having trouble with understanding who God is because if we can just be honest, we always connected it to a person or a thing that now has let us down. And now because of that, be it a father, be it a mother, be it a pastor, be it whatever it may be, that now we just don't even know where we're at with God. And the reality is that we didn't really read the Bible. Like we didn't really read the scripture in its totality. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't read the word like that. That wasn't what we did. What we did was, is we let somebody else tell us about what the word says. We let somebody else tell us about um, what the Bible says. We let somebody else tell us and teach us and instruct us. And because of that, when we found out that they were sinful and broken and messed up, we got lost all up in the sauce. The reality is that we have worshiped the things that we build and construct. And this is what this particular reading is pointing to. 
Because the litmus test, brother, if you're here, the litmus test is if you can construct it, if you can build it, if you're thinking it up, if you're putting the ideas together for yourself, if it's being shaped and formed, if you can credit it to somebody, if you can credit it to a person, then my brother, faith in that thing is wrong. You can be wrong about what you believe in and you can be wrong about what you have faith in. The litmus test for if what you have faith in is right or wrong and whether you should have faith in it, the question you should ask is, did somebody make it? Did someone construct it? Was this put together by an ideologue? Was this put together by a philosopher or a theologian? Was it put together by a person? Was it something that somebody made? Is it a person themselves? If it can be materially put together and you have faith in it, my friend, you've got faith in something that is corruptible and that will fall and that will fail. And yes, that's a faith in something wrong. What you have to have faith in is something that is incorruptible. Something that has not been made by a person. Something that has not been constructed by any ideologue. Something that doesn't go or align with anything anyone said. People always have these arguments about the authority of scripture and they'll have arguments about the Trinity and, and then there's the oneness and then there's arguments about theologies, modalism, and then you've got the Arminians and then you've got the Calvinists and you've got the Reformed and then you've got the Presbyterians and all of them have different beliefs about different things and they write different things. Guess what? This word means nothing until you get connected with the immaterial. If you do not let the Holy Spirit speak to you and bring to you an awareness of who he is through the mechanation and the mechanism that is the word, if you're not having a spiritual, personal encounter with God, I'm going to be quite frank and honest with you, this don't matter. The word don't matter because the devil knows the word. The word don't matter because there are atheistic theologians. The word doesn't matter. Theology doesn't matter. Good doctrine doesn't matter. Good theology doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because at the end of the day, those are ideas. Those are the doctrines of man. And what's the point of a doctrine if you don't know who the doctrine is pointing to? My question to you today is what do you believe in? My brother, let us ride in today because my challenge as I close on this is here's the reality. There is only one God. And this one God who is our redeemer, the Lord of hosts, as it speaks about in Isaiah 47, the Holy One of Israel, he says, there's none like me. There's no one besides me. There's no one who is like me. There's nothing that I can be compared to. There's nothing that I can be measured against. Nothing that you have seen. I'm, I'm other than. This is the, this is what it means for him to be holy, to be distinct, to be other than. There's nothing like him. There's nothing to be compared to him. And if he's God and there's nothing that he'd be that can be compared to him, then he's separate from everything, distinct from everything. If he's distinct from everything, separate from everything, then 
anything that anything creates cannot be him. And God is pointing Israel to the reality that I, who am the living God, I, who am the creator of the heavens and the earth, I, who was before all things and will be the end of all things, I, who determined the destiny of humanity, the destiny of the earth, the destiny of the universe, I, who initiated the destiny of the universe, I am God and there's none like me. I am other than. And if I am other than, sorry, if you trust in anything other than me, then you are in a fruitful endeavor. Sorry, fruitless endeavor. It means nothing. So what do you trust in? Do you trust in things that you can see? Do you trust in something somebody told you? Do you trust in your politicians? Do you trust in your parents? Do you, do you put trust in people? Do you put trust in philosophies? Because if you put trust in anything anyone has created or is created or was created or anything anyone created, anything created, those things because of sin are corruptible. And if they're corruptible, then they will fail you and they will let you down. Rather, put your trust in something that is incorruptible, something that is beyond time, before time, and will exist at the end of time. Jesus. Put your trust in something that cannot be seen because the things that are seen are temporary. And yet the things that are not seen are eternal. And so he tells them what not to have faith in, in this text, brother. What he tells them is, is he tells them all the stuff you see that they've made, the stuff that they've constructed, the stuff that came from their creativity, the stuff that came from their mind, the stuff that they were able to construct, put resource together, the stuff that was inspired, those things you cannot trust in. And so Israel, if you want to have faith, faith must be in Yahweh. Yah. God. El Elyon the possessor of the heavens and the earth. Faith must be in him. So today, let's lean on the incorruptible. Let's lean on the one who glories right now at the right hand of the Father. Let's lean on what we cannot see. Not religion. Not philosophy. Let's lean on Christ alone, our hope of glory, who existed before all time.
became flesh and now is glorified. Father, I thank you. Even as we wrestle through your text, Father, we are grateful with the reality, Lord, that even though we're convicted by Lord, our tendency and our proclivity to trust in things that are easily seen, that are constructed, be it people, be it things, be it constructs. But Lord, we have also the confidence to know that we can trust in something that is incorruptible, that never fails. Your love never fails. And so we pray by your grace right now, Lord, that you would guide us, lead us, walk with us, Lord God. Teach us. Lord, I pray even now, there are those right now who are just wrestling with all of this stuff and they don't know where to go next. This is, those, this is all over their heads. I, I've been there. I know exactly what this looks like. Father, make it real. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that each person would have an encounter with you. Yeah, to actually meet you. To bring framework and reference to what it is that you're saying in your word. Father, I pray for revelation, that they would see the things that are unseen. <laughs> ah, that they would see the things that are unseen. That each and every one of us would, would have our eyes open. Hmm? For those who have ears, let them hear. For those who have eyes, let them see. Let us see, Lord. And I ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Family, I love y'all. Um, I got to go, but I will be posting this on Patreon right away. Um, I thank you all. And I'm excited because I've got some amazing news. If you are on TikTok, um, there's some really cool features that TikTok, I, I got a call from TikTok. And apparently they, they, they like me still. So I guess it's good. Um, but I got a call from TikTok. Apparently there's some new features coming very soon on TikTok. And so it's going to be exciting to uh to roll that out um this will give a, an opportunity for you guys to support what we do here real talk um this is this is going to be big um they're they're providing now access i'm part of uh the beta launch for um subscriptions on tiktok and so tiktok live subscriptions so um they haven't worked out the pricing or any of that but on the 25th they're going to release subscriptions which is really 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 cool so yeah, it's really cool that I got a call and I got to be a part of, I get to be a part of this thing. And I think it's going to be amazing because it's going to open doors, especially during this transition that we're in, you know, with planting a church, moving to Tampa, moving to a new city, all that. I've been looking for ways to, I've been asking God, God, give provision, just open doors for provision for what it is that you're calling us to do. So this is really cool because this is not only an opportunity for you guys to support what I do in a very seamless way, um, to be a part of this community, to be a part, but it allows me to go deeper as well. I've got my community on Patreon. I'm not changing that at, at all. Um, but I, I figured, Hey, you know what? Our lives, even our lives can have a different dynamic, right? Um, I may have it where instead of the trolls, cause they're trolls, you guys know there's trolls, right? There's trolls. Yes. Uh, but there are those who I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to work through that because I want to give everybody a voice, but what would it look like to just have an opportunity to do like Q and a with just my, 
um, subscribers. So that way I'm able to keep in touch with you guys. So it's kind of cool. So I'm still exploring through that, but I just want to give you guys a heads up that it's some pretty cool stuff that um, TikTok is inviting me in to be a part of, to participate in. And if you're looking to support in any way, guys, I know we're in transition. We're praying. We're excited about this next move. But man, keep us in prayer. We're looking for a place to live right now. So that's big. Okay. Um, that's big. Um, Asia, I'm believing in something really special for you. I, that's all I have to say. I love, I love that sister. Um, um, but anyway, all that's to say, I, I, uh, yeah, I've been asking for the Lord just to guide us, to open doors for us. We're moving to Tampa. And, um, as you guys know, it's hard to find a place to live. <laughs> it's hard to find a place to stay. It's hard to find a place you can afford, y'all. The housing market is tough. So pray for us. Uh, we put we put an offer on a home, which we think, you know, uh, would be the one. Um, so just pray that, you know, the Lord open that door. Um, yeah, you want to join. Okay, don't worry. We're going to, um, those, those opportunities will be there. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Um, I'm praying that you become a chaplain for them. Listen, Mike, listen, I, I, that would be my dream. That's one of my dreams. So anyway, cause I'm, I'm, so, I'm a big NFL fan. I'm a big football fan. So, uh, thank you, Mike. I, I appreciate that. Let's pray that the Lord opens that door. Um, I'd love to be a part of that. And anyway. Uh, I may move to Tampa. <laughs> hey, keep in touch. Seriously, we, we, we're going to be sharing even online and in person. We're going to be sharing our vision um, for what the Lord is going to be doing uh, with us and what the Lord has intended for West Florida. But at the same time, I believe that the vision that God has given us goes way beyond that. So as we launch this church, as we plant this church in Tampa, I really believe that God is still calling us to be a church that stretches way beyond the region of Tampa. Um, we're going to talk about how you can be a part of what we do to be the church, not just go to church, because that's not our vision. Our vision is, isn't for you, for you just to go to church. Our vision is for you to be the church. How do we inspire you, empower you, to do what God has called you to do. We're not in the business of keeping people and hoarding people. That's not what we're in because people are not commodities, okay? People are agents of the kingdom. They're ambassadors of the kingdom. How do we send them to go do the work of ministry? And so, guys, I'm excited about it because I'm, I'm believing in God for something uh, uh, incredible. I just believe that this is going to be a season of revival. I believe it's going to be a season where people step out and... I'm going to continue to share the vision for what God is doing. So for some of you, I've had messages from people who say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to pray about moving to Tampa because if you're going to be there, I want to be a part of that. What I will say is this, is definitely pray on that, but I would actually encourage you to see more that maybe God is still calling you in the city that you're in. And maybe the font or font church, which is going to be the name of our church, is going to come alongside you and to help you bring the church where you are. That's that's what it is. That's what it's all about. It's about empowering you, not having you simply come and be a, a member of my church. That's not what we do. I want you to be a partner in the vision. Um, we're going to have a church that doesn't have members. We're going to have a church that has partners, people who are partnering in the vision. And partnering is literally just going and doing it. We just want to come alongside you and 
equip you and empower you to go and do it. And so I know that God's going to call some people to be digital missionaries. God's going to call some people to go and be the kingdom where they are. God's going to call some nurses just to go and bring the church to to the nursing home or to bring the church to the hospital. God's going to call some entrepreneurs to bring the church to the boardroom. God's going to call some people to go and bring the church where they are called. We're not a church that you come to. You're a church. We're a church that you're sent from. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be a part of that, to equip and empower you. And so uh, innovation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're here. We're, we're taking risks for the kingdom, Mike. I'm going to be straight up. I know I got to go and I'm going to go fall into another rant. So I got to be careful not to do that. But we're not here to gather people and commoditize the people of God. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to empower people, to awaken them to what God is calling them to do and to send them on mission to bring Jesus, the message of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, the power of Jesus, where they are, where they work, live, and play. You want to know something? Every person who's in this chat is an influencer. Every single one of you, every single one of you are influencers. You are an influencer. And God has uniquely called you to a particular circle and sphere of influence to bring healing and restoration, to move in the power of God, to move in the power of the gospel, and to see renewal and restoration. Family, this is the beginning. And I'm excited because I'm just the guy who comes alongside you. That's it. That's all I want to be. And that's all I've envisioned is just to be a guy who comes alongside you to for you to go and do what God is calling you to do. The, the, the day of the passive, disempowered believer is over. I'm going to say that again. The day for the passive, disempowered believe, believer is over. It is time to see people who are empowered who know the virtue of what God is calling them to do, to go and to do it, to be empowered, to be the kingdom right where they are, to not have to depend on a pastor or a leader, but to know, man, I'm sent. I've got a network around me. I've got people around me. I've got resource around me so that I can go do what God is calling me to do. I believe God is raising up a generation and it's not going to be a church that you go to. And I, I look forward to the church that we plant to become a church where people go, where's the church located? And we can say everywhere. Straight up. When they ask, where's the church located? We can say, they don't really have an address. They're everywhere. They, they don't have a location or a building. They're everywhere. That is my dream. That is my vision. That's what I want to see. And I, I'm excited to know that there are people who are here who want to be a part of that. Some of you guys have messaged and said, I want to be a part of that. We are going to do this together. And I'm excited about it. I got I got a lot of you online who have been with me, who you guys have been journeying with me through the arena and rants. I'm excited that you may want to take the next step. Maybe you're saying, hey, I don't know if I'm, I'm called to go to a church. I don't know what to do next. Maybe you're just called to be the church. How, how about that? Maybe you're called to go and bring Jesus where you work, live, and pay. How about that? How about that? Maybe you're called to move in the power of God. Maybe you're called to go. And maybe it's not about what church you go to next. It's about how can you be a part in raising the church up to go into all the cracks and the crevices of society, to go to the places that the church can never go? You know that you guys, I know everybody's so enamored by, oh, wow, you know, Pastor Isaac, he has a 
big following on TikTok and Instagram and, and all the social media platforms. He, he reaches so many people. I want you to understand something. And, and please hear me, hear me, hear me very well. You can produce so much more impact, so much more impact than I can ever produce in certain places that I could never go. Like, think about that for a second. You have the capacity to reach people that I will never be able to reach and to reach them in a place and in a way that would transform it in a way that I could never do it. I'm second grade, y'all. I'm just in front of a phone, on a camera, shouting loud at y'all. That's all I am. I'm just a loud dude who loves Jesus and wants to see people like you go places I could never go and be the church and bring bring renewal, bringing restoration, bring healing, bring transformation. This is revival, y'all. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, to, to Tampa to plant a church where people are just going to come and sit and no, I, yeah, people will come, people will get the message and, and, and we're going to continue to expand that and we're going to reach the city of Tampa and all that. I'm excited about that, but there's something so much bigger that I believe God is doing that for many of you, for you looking, Hey, I'm looking for the next step for me in faith where God is taking me next. Guess what? You have the opportunity to get to be a part of that. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I just got lit. I'm now I'm really late and I'm way behind on everything. Uh, but as you can see, I am, I am excited. I'm excited to see quote unquote everyday believers become world changers and ministers to become the pastors, to become the presence of God right where they are. Be it in your neighborhood, be it in your, um, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, homeschool mom communities, be it in, in your boardroom, be it at your, you know, restaurant, be it, you know, wherever it may be. I can go all day. God is calling you there. Um, how far is Tampa? Tampa is four hours, four hours from where we are now. And so, um, yeah, Tampa's four hours from where we are now. So we're completely uprooting. We are taking a step in faith. We don't have it all figured out. Um, we just know that the Lord has given us a vision and the Lord is telling us right now is the time. And we're praying that the Lord provides for us in this season. As we make this transition, we're, we're letting everything go to do this. And so, um, um, so I thank the patrons who have at least help me begin to see further, to see wider, to see bigger. And I look forward to your continual support, y'all, and what we're doing. So anyway, that's me ranting. I'm sorry. I got to go. I'm out. I'll post this on uh, Patreon in a few, and I look forward to connecting with you guys tomorrow. All right. Love y'all. Peace out. Got to go.